Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Some abuse is dangerously obvious, while other types of abuse creep into our family DNA in covert ways. Keeping family secrets, intimidation, the silent treatment, and cyberbullying are just a few examples of the many forms of abuse with troubling outcomes. Often victims ask, why did this happen to me? Or, what can I do? While abusers will excuse their behavior asking, why do you make me do this? Victims and abusers can rewrite their stories, improve their relationships, and break the cycle for their future generations. In Christine Hammond's latest book, Abuse Exposed, you will learn the wide range of types of abuse, both overt and covert, the generational links to abuse, what to do before, during, and after abuse, how to confront your abuser, how to talk to a victim of rape, finding forgiveness despite the pain, how to rewrite your story and avoid future problems, and much, much more. Look for Christine Hammond's latest book, Abuse Exposed, now available on Amazon. This is Understanding Today's Narcissist. Brought to you in part by PsychCentral.com. And now, here's your host, Christine Hammond. This is part two that we are talking to Dr. Nay today. And part one, if you haven't heard it, I would really encourage you to go back and listen to because it's all about her story which is quite fascinating. And now we're going to focus on her healing process because I'd really like to go through that with you and walking through some of the steps of what you had to go through because it was quite the healing process that you had after having been married to a narcissist and quite a public one at that. Yes. (laughs) Yes, it was. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So I, before I, before I ended up leaving Jordan, I had been in therapy for I guess seven or eight years. Mm -hmm. And so that, that was very helpful in helping me manage it. However, when I did finally leave him, I, someone had called me up and said, Nadine, if you don't go to this place, you're going to find like a a person with a similar energy. They might look different or seem different. You're going to fall for the same person. And I was like, Oh no. I mean, I didn't care if they would send me on a spaceship to like Mars, I would go any, do anything to not endure that again. So I called up a place called the Karen foundation. Now they have satellite places all over the country, but I went in Pennsylvania and I went to a codependency clinic really for a week. Good. Checked myself in. They worked with you from six in the morning till 11 at night. And it was, it was a wonderful experience because I learned that my piece in it, which was really important to know, to have accountability for my part. Correct. Right. And so that my caretaking had made my life extraordinarily chaotic. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I love the idea of doing like an intensive, right? Yes. It isn't just a, like every week you're coming in to see your therapist. Like you just take some time out and do an intensive for a short period of time to focus on something kind of like jumpstart the healing process. Yeah. Because my therapy was good. However, I really, in this program, I learned about my family of origin Mm. and how my parents were 19 and 20 and they were not abusive, but I mean, they were neglectful. They didn't know what they were doing. And so I learned about how that impacted me to, I had already, I'd already at a very young age, been attending to my mother. Mm. So I was a natural caretaker because she was so young. And so I learned a lot about that. And I learned about my caretaking and I learned how I overgave to people as an indirect way to meet my own needs. Mm because my own emotional needs were, I didn't have access to them. So was it, you were not aware of them or I was not aware. Yeah. I think it was both. Mm, I just don't even think I knew. I I, I didn't know. I, first of all, it was the first time I'd ever heard the word boundaries. Mm. I didn't know I could say no. Right. I was like, wait, you're kidding me. And that's how like oblivious I was. So, so like, let's like, let's go back. Like if you were in that marriage with Jordan, like, mm-hmm. and you had said no, what do you think would have happened during that time period? Oh yeah. Well, I, it would, I could never say no because he, if I had any boundary, he would plow through it mm-hmm. and I would be shamed for even like stating it. Mm-hmm. How dare you say you don't want to have kids right away. I mean, that's a big decision. It is. Right. It and be made with both partners. Yes. Right. And he was like, if you don't give me kids, I'm not going to marry you. You know, so I didn't know I could say no. I didn't know I could have boundaries. I didn't understand all these things. I didn't realize I didn't have to sacrifice myself for love. I didn't realize that I could be my own self and have autonomy and be connected. And so these were all things that they taught me in a week. Mm-hmm. And it was really, it was really lovely experience. And that did give me my jump start. Yeah, that that sounds great. So how, if somebody hearing this right now is interested in that kind of intensive, how would they go about going there or finding? Yeah, so the Karen Foundation, what they call that program now is called Breakthrough. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a week and I've sent people there and they've, and they've really liked it and it's a week of your life and it's worth it Mm -hmm. because it does do more than what we can do in therapy. Right. Right. Exactly. So after the intensive, like there's another long process, right. Of, of trying to refocus even how you think every day. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and, and the voices that you allow to filter through in your own head. Can you talk a little bit about that part of the healing process for you? Yeah. So I, I think, you know, I went even like extreme, which was good because I think I was so one-sided and caregiving and accommodating and self-sacrificing. Then I came home and I had a three and a five-year-old then, and I would say to them, you're crossing a boundary. And they'd be like, that's scary, mommy, don't say that. But I, so I started to use those skills that I learned of, I was very afraid of confrontation because I was very afraid of, of disappointing people or their judgment. So I started to put into practice having those tough conversations 
being able to set boundaries. And I spent a lot of time uh, journaling because there's a lot of research now about attachment that journaling really creates security within oneself. Mm-hmm. And so I, I did a lot of that to help myself. I, 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 of course, I continued to stay in therapy. And then I got on my own journey about my own career. And I, I was a garment manufacturer. I was a clothing manufacturer before I was a therapist. Okay. Okay. Yep. yep. So then I started to really invest in myself because I was very focused on others mm-hmm. as a way to distract myself from myself. Now I know I thought I was, you know, just an angel, but not really. And um, so I really got just more, every time I would look, try to get like focused on somebody else as a way to not avoid myself, I would say, Nadine, turn the mirror back to you. Good. Like don't, or I used to get very affected if someone was in a bad mood there, I would catch their mood like a cold. And I really worked on that, you know, like they're they're in their mood. I don't need to jump in and take care of them and make it better and become all enmeshed with them. I learned to tolerate that people can sometimes be in bad moods and it has nothing to do with me. Right. And I can't fix them. Right. So people think that change is like this big overarching change, but it's these little moments in life, little and often that lead to a change in my life. And I kept practicing them every single day and a lot of self-care. It's a very slow process, but it's well worth the effort. Very slow. And I learned that self-care wasn't selfish. Mm, I really thought that if I, you know, focus on myself, it would be so selfish. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's what happens when you have a mother who's English and says, extend past your own needs. But mom, I'm four. I shouldn't be extending past my own needs. No, No. so so I really learned to have very good self-care and pay attention to my emotions. I think um, I really learned how to manage my emotions, not suppress them. Mm -hmm. I think I was suppressing a lot of my authentic emotions. Mm And so I would practice understanding what I was feeling and expressing it and seeing that everyone lived. Right. <laughs> and right. it was and all those things. Talk a little bit more about the emotion side of it. Mm-hmm. Because of the type of therapy that you do, I'm sure you focus quite a bit on it. A lot. So like, talk a little bit more about that part of the process of healing, even for your clients. Like, How do you walk them through not only being aware that they're feeling something right instead of right. stuffing it, but then how do they express it in a way that isn't going to cause harm to themselves or others? Right. So yeah, that's a great question because as a somatic psychotherapist, the body is where emotions live. Mm-hmm. So I teach my patients a skill called self-referencing. And what that means is that when they feel something, a tingle, a sensation, a tightness in the chest, butterflies in the belly, to, to go to the body and see what they're feeling and name it. And so if they can figure out what they're feeling, a lot of times people will act them out extremely, their emotions, or suppress them. Mm-hmm. So I work with them on how to be with them. Don't judge them. Don't dismiss them. Don't 
ignore them. Don't scream them out. Feel them. Hold the sensation. Realize what it is and express it authentically. Because when we don't express our emotions, we block the connection. Right. And, yeah. and part of what I've done in therapy, I'm sure you've done the same thing too, is like, I have seen clients have pain in certain part of their body, right? Yes. That yes. has no medical reason for it existing there and have mm-hmm. found that it is often tied to some type of traumatic event. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Because the issues are in the tissues. And um, even when Jordan wanted to get back with me, I said to him, my cells have memory. Mm-hmm. Even if I wanted to go, I can't. Right. Yeah. And the body holds what the psyche can't anymore. It kind of catches the overflow. <laughs> I love that. Like, I want you to say that again, because I think it's so important that they hear that again. Sure. Sure. That the body carries what the mind or psyche can't. Yes. And so then it gets overflowed and then it's trapped in the body. And, and when muscles, when we feel emotions, we can, and we don't like allow them to be, we contract mm-hmm. and that's muscle tension. That's the tension that we feel. Yeah. Right. Very important. I often use it as like a warning sign, right? Like there's something that we have to pay attention to if you're feeling pain in this area and we have no medical reason for it, then, Mm -hmm. then there's something that's going on inside of you. And, and I think for people who have been married to a narcissist before, they're not even like they've taught so much, right. To suppress everything and to not pay attention to their own needs and their own wants that all of that continues to get built up inside of their body, even um, to the point that they're not, they don't even know that it's there and don't even necessarily feel it sometimes until they're away from the narcissist. Mm, Yes. Yes. That is true. That is true. Actually. Yep. No, it is true because emotions are energy in motion. Mm-hmm. So when they are trapped in the body, they have to manifest as something. And, you know, the body and mind are actually brilliant because when you think about it, anxiety and depression are really signs that we have unresolved emotional issues. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't look at them as a thing to get away, but to get curious about. Right. Right. So if you think about depression, it's a pressing down of self. And when you're with a narcissist, you cannot have a self. Right. You can't. Right. Right. Not in survive in the relationship. Right. 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 I mean, you can you you can have it, but it's a half of a self. Right. Because they can't tolerate. They feel threatened by. So what what was that process for you like as you start to become become more aware of your own self mm-hmm. outside of him, right? Because narcissists are famous, like you're you're a physical extension of their body, right? Yes, and yes. so as you start to separate that and become aware of your own self, like what was that process like for you? It was so liberating. I mean, it was, it's, you know, as scared as I felt with him was as like as much vitality as I felt once I left mm-hmm. because when someone's that big and takes up so much space, it's kind of like the blob, you, you know, your audience might be too young yes. to understand the movie, the blob. Maybe, but, maybe not. Yeah. yeah. It's like they overtake you. And so, so my body felt so much more expansive and alive and free. Mm. 
And I, I, I just could express myself. And it's a weird feeling too. You know, sometimes it almost would feel scary because I wasn't used to it. And I would say it's like a new pair of shoes, you know, let it feel the blisters and wear them anyway. Right. And, and I, I just definitely felt much more alive. And it was scary at times too, because expressing yourself fully and, you know, tolerating the fear of disappointing people. And sometimes you might lose people in your life, you know, once you really start to set boundaries. Right. So it's not all rainbows and unicorns, but it's constructive pain. Mm-hmm. Being with the narcissist is destructive to you pain. And then as we know, Christine, and, you know, of course, being a great therapist, when you go to therapy, sometimes it's painful. Right. But it's constructive pain. It's going to help you in your personal growth and your self-actualization um, process. So what I've seen with some of my clients, like as they've come out of a narcissistic relationship, they're kind of like little babies almost, right? In yeah. learning how to rethink again, how to feel again. And then mm-hmm. and then we have to grow them up a little bit along the way. Talk a little yes. bit about that experience as well. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. So I think the, the re the repatterning your thoughts is very important because I, when I, when I was with Jordan, I would scare myself too. I would be like, if you leave him, he's going to hurt you or, you know, or you have to be perfect. I would be very critical of myself. And so once I left, I had to really be aware of the fact that I was scaring myself. I was criticizing myself. My thoughts were not kind to me. Mm. So and this is what I work with my patients on, on developing an inner witness to my thoughts. Right. So since I'm the one shaming myself and I was the one criticizing myself, the good news was I could stop it. And that's where agency happens. Yes. And so I really learned to use my mind to control my brain and help, you know, change that thought pattern because they weren't doing me any good. No, they're very destructive thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. And so, right. so we have to, we definitely can repattern our brain mm-hmm. to think differently. I often tell my clients, you have to be your own best friend. Yes, 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 yes. yes. And when I was left Jordan, self-compassion theory was not in the zeitgeist, but Kristen Knapp has done such beautiful work with self-compassion. And what that means is you you say, I'm suffering. The world is suffering. Speak. Let me speak to myself as I would a best friend. Right. Or what I sometimes say to my females, I'm like, when you have a little girl, or would you tell your little girl the unfairy tale? Would you tell them one day you're going to grow up? Somebody's going to hurt you. You're not going to be able to escape the end. Mm-hmm. No, no. You <laughs> do that to ourselves. ourselves. Horrible. Right. It's horrible. So we have to learn, definitely learn our, to change our inner dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what are some parting thoughts that I would like you to just give some clients like they're, they're just coming out of a narcissistic relationship. They need to start healing. What are your best, like quick tips that you would really want them to hear? You know what? I think that what they need to think of is that a narcissist has withdrawn so much from their emotional bank so much from their personal bank. And so they need to build new resources Mm -hmm. to influx themselves with a surplus of autonomy, agency, emotional regulation, like we talked about. And so there is a process to do that. And, 
you know, some of the ways that we mentioned about being aware of your thoughts, how to connect to your emotions. But I, the way I like to term it is that you're building your own internal resources so that you can build resilience. Right. Right. And it can be done. Absolutely. Absolutely. So for our last few seconds, like, can you just tell people how they can reach out to you if they have a question or they would like to get more information about sure, you? They can go to uh, my website, NadineMacaluso.com, or they can go to my Instagram, Nadine, at NadineMacaluso, and they'll find me at Dr. Nay. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Understanding Today's Narcissist with Christine Hammond. Brought to you in part by PsychCentral.com. For more information, visit GrowWithChristine.com. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.